0: Live from Casa de Monte Cristo with Twin Marcus. It's smoking section. This is episode Man, we don't even know what episode it is. I don't is even anymore. know what episode this is right now.
1: Man, we are just out here. <laughs>
0: we are out here day after this this guest's glorious birthday. Oh, okay. How, how old have you turned? How, how, 26. Oh, 26. She's such a baby. <laughs> such I, a baby. Can I
1: sing the happy, happy birthday song? Will we get sued? Please.
0: Are you going to do in the black version or white version? I'm
1: going to do my version.
0: Oh, Ooh. boy. All right. All right so what's, what's your version? <coughs> this is going to be good.
1: Happy birthday to you. Woo! Happy birthday to you. My Happy birthday, dear Julia. Mm. Happy birthday
2: to you. Oh my Holy goodness! Shit. Thank you. You hide your
1: skills from me. There's, oh. a, there's a lot of things. Let's like interview
2: this. you for this <laughs> podcast instead. <laughs> we don't need to talk about me. <laughs>
1: Julia Cole <laughs> Julia Cole <laughs> Julia Cole She's on here <laughs> yeah.
0: oh my She's got serenaded Damn <laughs> I'm like oh this is going to be a little funny Like no this motherfucker went
2: serious
1: Yeah 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 Serious yeah.
0: Barry White it's it's little so ba- it's A little bit some, some, some 90s R&B on that one Hey I had to bring my A game Damn <laughs> <laughs> That
2: was That was straight up A team right there That was I
0: oh. was i give you that Okay appreciate i give you that yeah, That yeah, was good Been I'm impressed <laughs> I didn't know you had the voice Thank you How you been doing girl
2: I've been great. How mm-hmm. you been?
0: I've been good. I'm enjoying life.
2: Living life. <laughs> living life. Loving, loving, living, living. It's the best. You
0: know. Um, how's your tequila?
2: Wonderful. It's it, my favorite. It is
0: your birthday, so she's celebrating the entire week.
2: It's so true. Your birthday. <laughs>
1: your birthday is this whole. What? When was your birthday?
2: Yesterday. 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 Yes.
1: So, but I, you're kicking it. us all week, right? Yeah. Okay. I would too. I don't blame you. You want
2: to know how you're gonna remember my birthday? How's that? It's nine three
1: what? Oh, shit. I
2: know. Just did it to him.
1: Hey, I'm going to have to play those numbers. I'm going to have to play those numbers. <laughs> yeah, you should have played those numbers. <laughs> Somewhere,
0: someone has those numbers. Yep. I got them. 9393. Nine, three. <laughs> uh, just be sure to numbers. go ahead and spread that money around. <laughs> <laughs> My pocket is a little empty right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get a percentage of whatever y'all wish. Exactly. In nine, three, nine, three. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. Well,
1: the negotiation is going to have to happen after this uh, podcast, right here.
2: I know. We thought we uh, were going to go be productive after this, but we're going to go. I gamble.
0: want 20%. I want 20% of everything. Yeah. <laughs> so. I want 50. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. want 50? Yeah. Damn, I just went 20. Damn. <laughs> well, it was her birthday. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, hey, shoot or shoot, all right? <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. True. That's very true. True. So what's been going on, girl? You've been recording...
2: Yes, I have been in the studio and it's been so fun. And I didn't send you these songs earlier, but I have some like rough mixes that I can secretly yeah. play. Yeah, you.
0: your management told me about that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm.
2: And by the time this airs, they might be out.
0: They might be out. Yeah. Okay. They probably will be out.
2: I bet you they'll be out. So we could talk about them. We can talk about, them, can talk but about You just them. haven't heard them yet.
0: Oh. oh. Okay. Mm, well, this is one of them the one you recorded today? This you morning? You know,
2: I, after we cut vocals on this demo today for a new song I just wrote, um, I think I've decided that I absolutely want to release it mm-hmm. um, but I don't it's not going to be one of the first or second releases so mm. I don't know when that one will come out but I know it's going to come out
0: she's been singing it ever since she's walked in here yeah
2: I can't stop I, I've been singing it all morning see I
0: heard you humming something
2: it's stuck in my it's head it's stuck in her
0: head and then her other her current single is stuck in my head so, <laughs> uh, so you just <laughs> uh, uh,
1: so you just got those songs that just just sticking people's heads well, uh, that, I mean, and they catchy you as fuck <laughs> That's a great trait. I'm telling well, you, just catchy as fuck. Okay.
2: I just get excited about them. Mm-mm. They're like my little babies. <laughs> <laughs> they catchy as fuck. I
0: mean, you like, come on. Okay. It's all about that hook. It's all about that all hook. All about
2: that hook. <laughs> it's all
0: about the hook. Girl from H-Town. Yes. From Up. <laughs> she, she really threw them out for those of yeah, you who, if those didn't, who don't, didn't know that. She threw them out. Yeah, she did. <laughs>
1: representing hard over here y'all She's
0: representing hard
1: oh I'm she using ride or, or
0: die like, she represents harder than Beyonce does mm. Queen B which is her birthday today
2: yes I mean I think we're I mean I think we're kind of the same like I I think Beyonce and I would be best friends if we ever hung out
0: okay that's very true I can see that I think me me and Jay-Z would be best friends if we ever hung out
2: that's fair yeah we should set this up <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, y'all hanging out with them and everything. Can I just be just, you know, saying that that dude on the side? <laughs> Why not?
0: Why not? Mm. I think I'd make him laugh the entire time he's there. Be like a fat, black Kevin Hart. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right.
2: I would need, like, a solid five minutes to get over, like, fangirling. Beyonce. Mm. I don't fangirl anybody, but mm. I would probably have to fangirl Beyonce. I think, Beyonce th- I think for a there minute.
0: are. I think there are okay people. Like there are people that are like it's okay to fangirl. Yeah. Over like you should, industry. or you're like. like if you. Yeah.
2: It's like disrespectful if you don't. Like I've,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Beyonce gonna come after you. <laughs> right
2: no. Here. Have y'all heard about like the Beyonce police? No. No. There's like all those funny memes and things online of like if anybody says anything bad about Beyonce, the Beyonce police will come after you, and it's true. Like her fans will attack. Wow! Her fans will come at you hard.
1: So they just say a code word, and that means it's on.
2: Oh yeah!
0: They <laughs> <laughs> say Beyonce's name, and it's on. <laughs> shit! Beyonce, oh, wow! I need that fan base. Back right? <laughs> say some shit about me. <laughs> <laughs> Whole fan base coming after your ass. That's, now like, that's goals right there. That that's is what goals. what I'm hoping
2: my mm-hmm. fan base is
0: like. Yeah, that's what it is goals. I don't want nobody, like, if I had that fan base, man, I ain't that's
2: saying what you call shit. The squad. That's yeah. what you call the OG yeah, squad. Yeah, because I ain't
0: mm. saying yeah. shit. I'm letting everybody go after your ass. Yep. <laughs> and just sit <laughs> back <laughs> and watch. And just sit back and watch. You don't watch. have to do
2: anything.
0: Don't even ask me about it in interviews. I don't know. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> I played the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All my people got information. Anyway. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Long I story did. short, we love Beyonce
0: Long story short, we love Beyonce <laughs> We right. just kind of ran about Beyonce We did, either. we really
2: did But you know what, it's her birthday And she deserves to be ranted about on her birthday That's
0: true hey, talk. In my humble opinion uh, That's very true Hey, talk about it the queen. Mm. the queen 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 So When did you move here from Nashville. Um, to Nashville? I
2: went to college here So I came here when I was 18
0: So you've been here for Eight years Almost. Almost.
2: Yeah, it's been seven. 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 It was seven in My August. My math is not right. <laughs> that
0: was close. <laughs> My math is not right. Seven years. So you went to Belmont. Vanderbilt. You went to Vanderbilt?
2: Go Doors. Anchor Down.
0: That's what? right. You I, You know,
2: I wasn't too sure. Current Natty champs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> H-Town over here. Look, H-Town
0: talk. and Go Doors. I'm just saying, like she we said, are. She said Go Doors. <laughs> Oh, I was wondering. I was I was wondering about that because you showed you go to Kenyon's uh Van yeah, yeah, which he invites me to every Saturday, and I just never.
2: Well, you should go. They're really fun.
0: I just can't. I can't support the doors.
2: Oh, this is awkward.
1: <laughs> that is awkward.
2: It's how, not the wait, way. Oh
0: how
1: can you sit that close to him?
2: Don't he don't support.
0: Listen, it's not. Listen, it's nothing against. I just. I don't like college. Anything. Any college First sport. First
2: of all, how do you not like college? How do
1: you not like college
2: Okay, I'm so
0: I grew up in <laughs> Philadelphia. We didn't really have like a college team to really root for. Who we have? Temple? Come on, seriously. Okay. The oh, Temple Owls? All right. Seriously. Oh, okay. Villanova? You didn't Villanova? Put, you
2: didn't Villanova. Else? We have Villanova that just yeah, recently root for won a Villanova. championship. Villanova. That was yeah. it.
1: There you go. That was it. Oh. Um.
0: Well, Penn
2: go State. On Villanova. I, you can bandwagon there all day. I mean, I'll right. bandwagon
1: Villanova. Yeah, jump on it, man. All right, yeah. I'm going to jump on it. You should jump on a good one.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. My sisters are both Duke, so I jump on that bandwagon all day. I'm a blue devil.
0: Oh, damn. But doesn't that have some type of like. <laughs> isn't there some type of unspoken rule not to vote for Duke, not to root for Duke if you're uh, a Vandy?
2: Not really. Oh, okay. Like, I, I feel like they're. Obviously, like. The best basketball mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. Coach K is yeah. just like running it, and then we're the best baseball team, Vandy. Huh? So Coach Corbs just like. I don't know if Duke it.
0: is the best basketball team.
2: Are we gonna get into this right now? Uh,
1: he's trying. He's trying to open it. All door. I'm saying
2: is, I've been painted up front row, Cameron <laughs> Indoor, high five and Coach K, like in <laughs> Chesheskyville I'm just saying. I don't know if you want to get into this right now.
0: I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, UK. is up there.
1: I ain't saying shit. I'm staying over here.
2: No, I mean, there's obviously <laughs> some other contenders, but there's just...
1: We're going to leave it at that.
2: There's nothing as good. I'm, I'm not going to say anything. In my humble opinion.
0: I'm not going to say anything because I don't, I don't feel like getting... And my know, little
2: sister also runs track and cross country at Duke right now. She's a, you,
0: you guys are just very athletic. Let me tell you about Julia. <laughs> Julia runs, um, is it four or five miles a day? Six. Six. What? A day. A day?
2: Today, I only did four and a half. But.
1: So, so you just wake up and be like, I'm going to go for a run. Yeah. Damn. Yeah.
0: That's and she posts, on, she posts on Instagram about it. And I'm well, like,
2: and my little sister goes and runs like 10 a day. So I'm like, oh, I'm slacking.
1: That's dedication.
0: Yeah, that's not a happen ever with me. <laughs> you barely get a mile out of me, let alone. You might get a mile. No, of, it's fun, though. You might I, get a mile
1: out of me. You might get a mile out of me and somebody's chasing me. Like those you know, so Or if someone's like dangling something you want in
2: front of you. Nah, 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 a nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no A
1: good cigar. No.
0: Is it money? Are we talking about a hundred dollar bill? Maybe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, it need to be like straight up a stack of hundred dollar bills. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm talking That's about fair. like, uh, like yeah. two or three. Yeah. Maybe
1: four. Yeah. Nice stack.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's an outside. Yeah, see
2: I pay to go run. I'll pay to enter these events and go run. I know oh. that is really backwards. <sighs> Like, I did the St. Paddy's Day 7K here, and yeah. I won it. It was so fun. You won? Yeah.
1: Oh, shit. So yeah, I mean, running running four or six miles a day. Mm. That endurance. That endurance <laughs> just helps out.
2: <laughs> All I know is that if my little sister had been in town, she would have beat me, though. So. well,
0: it's a good Glad thing she's
2: in North Carolina.
0: Oh, my God. So, you, uh, you went to Vandy. Why did you pick Vandy over Belmont and MTSU?
2: Well, I played volleyball there. and so I got just, a volleyball scholarship? Um, And mostly academic. So they're fo- like, we have a football team. Don't mm-hmm. talk crap. I know you all want I'm to. I'm not going to talk know. crap about them at all. But we're in the SEC, and it's just a fun environment to be in. And, mm. you know, the, the academic standards there are really high. And mm-hmm. I worked really hard on my grades and stuff in high school, and I wanted to go somewhere that I think, like, could reflect some of the right the AP classes and things that I'd done and right. and I knew it was right on Music Row, so it was like I can do the music thing while I'm there, have a real you know college experience, be in the SEC tailgate, have you know frats and sororities and mm-hmm. and because Vanderbilt's like it's small, there's only 6,800 undergrad. People think it's bigger than mm-hmm. it is, but um, it's definitely still got a, like closer to a, a big school feel than right. I think some of the other schools in Nashville. Yeah. Did but I love the other schools, too. Like, I've got friends that went to all of them, so I know, I know those know too. Yeah, I went too. to MTSU. MTSU's cool. I oh. played some volleyball there, too. Yeah, I
0: like MTSU. Mm. I didn't graduate from MTSU, but I like MTSU. <laughs> <laughs> Three-time college dropout right here. Uh, Three-time? How? Three-time. Let's not talk about that on air. We'll talk about that that's some other hilarious. time.
2: That's hilarious. Three-time. I mean, that's like, you just up to every, or I guess... Twice upped any, any college dropout Any ever. college dropout. Three-time college dropout. <laughs> Three-time. Beauty school dropout. Yep.
0: Nice little fade, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, AP classes. I couldn't even get an AP classes.
1: Could you get an AP classes in high school? AP I got into AP classes, but here's the thing. My ass was lazy because I was in a high saying, school. Did I fr- slack in high school or what? I was in a high school fraternity, so I was chasing the girls. Wait, but your high school had a fraternity? Yeah, we had a fraternity in high Whoa, school. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah, so I was in a high school fraternity. I was chasing the girls, and then I was just like, you know what? Why do the AP classes when I do standard? And then, like, blow them out the water. So that's how I was thinking. Might well, be my,
2: my family is super competitive.
1: I, I've noticed that.
2: My older sister had done all that, and I was like, if she does it, I'm gonna do it. You know, I was like, I can't.
0: It's because you guys are all I can't athletes. Can't fall back.
2: It's my my parents are incredible, and my my dad played baseball at UL, and my mom played a bunch of sports in high school and got a full ride scholarship for nursing to McNeese. And my parents are both completely self made.
1: Wow. You know, came from
2: nothing. My mom's the only one on her whole side of the family to have gone to college, and um, my parents just like really instilled that if we work hard you can get where you want to get but that's what you have to do like you can't be given any of it you got to work, hard, gotta for work it. hard for it right and so yeah i mean we're all competitive but it's also like the biggest best support group i have Like my, my family's everything the coal team the og Cole team the og
0: Cole team when did you um when did you start writing music
2: oh god this is a I, I can remember the... The very first the song The first song. Well, the first real song I wrote. Uh-huh. Because, um, you know, when I was little, my friends and I would all... We'd write songs, and we had this notebook of songs. I remember my friend Lauren Wardwell's brother, like, tore all the pages out of our songwriting book, so we hung his underwear on his fan <laughs> to get back at him. So, like, that was like, okay, we wrote, you know, <laughs> joke songs. But my very first real song I wrote... Um, I was a junior in high school. I'd grown up playing piano. My mom made me. I uh, knew music theory. and It was like classical piano. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely hated it. My mom made me do it. Like, we argued about it. Wow. And um, so finally, she was like, okay, you can quit. So in high school, I stopped playing for a couple years. And then I learned, oh, I can actually play songs that I like from the radio on piano too it doesn't have to be classical you know Mozart and Beethoven I was like okay cool so I started to play songs that I could sing along to on the piano and then I already was a really avid writer like I wrote a book in high school I'd done a bunch of poetry contests and like I loved writing and then I finally decided oh piano isn't you know the band of my existence I Mm -hmm. should You know, mess with this. And so I started to kind of put words and poetry to music on the piano. And when I was 17, I wrote this song. Houston had the terrible drought. And there was this park that we trained at Mm -hmm. for cross country and track, Meyer Park. And I remember, you know, sophomore year, we trained there and everything. And then I went back beginning of junior year. And it was like our first workout. We were going around this park and I was like, it felt super eerie, and I didn't understand what was going on. And then I look around, and I start to realize, I'm like, all the trees were gone. It was, inc- it was insane. The whole park, like, wow. where you used to not be able to see through the park, you could see through the whole thing because so many trees died in this drought. And it sounds like a ridiculous thing to write a song about, but I wrote it as kind of like a metaphor for, like, a relationship where, mm-hmm. like, the, the love runs out kind of. And so I wrote this song called Evergreen, and it's you know just god awful. It's once terrible. Was it,
0: it was an Evergreen song? Oh, it's
2: so <laughs> terrible! It's so terrible. But that was my first real song I wrote, inspired do you, by. Do you remember it, Meyer Park? Can you sing it? Oh God, tell me of your love, but I never, never will really Oh God, I don't remember it. Yeah. I know that the last part of the chorus was like, um, something about like. Our love will only be an evergreen with brown leaves. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's a dead evergreen, okay? Long story short, don't ask me about it again. I can't handle this. Uh, You're stressing me out. I don't need more tequila. Oh, man.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: Take a sip of that tequila. Take <laughs> a sip of that tequila.
2: Mm.
0: So, so, that's, <laughs> so, that's awesome. So, you were in, jun- you were in junior high? You no, were, I was a, a junior, junior in, in high, high school. school. Yeah. I wrote a song in high school. I wrote a rap. I don't remember any of it, though.
2: I've written some raps.
0: you written some raps? You know, I can see that. You from
2: yeah. H-Town. I hope so.
0: <laughs> you are. I've noticed on your website Uh-oh. that you are listed as country R&B soul.
1: Country R&B country soul?
0: Country R&B soul. I paused because I know he was going to like, look at that like, what the hell?
1: No, I'm. He, I'm he's I'm, like. Look,
0: a, he, I, he's like. He's really like. I've really piqued his interest now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> let, me, let me hit the
0: lean real quick. Oh, okay. Continue. So, <laughs> so who's been your biggest influences? We're going to aside from Beyonce.
2: Well, I mean, it's funny. I mean, I grew up listening to everything. Mm-hmm. Houston is a melting pot of cultures and and musical genres. So obviously, I am in Texas. I listen to a ton of country music, but I also listen to a lot of R and B, a lot of hip hop, a lot of pop. Um, I, I really, and rock. Rock was huge when I was growing up too. So like, I listened to a lot of that. Um, but I think I really gravitated towards vocalists who were doing fun vocal runs. That like, I, I was always singing, like we would do karaoke as kids growing up and things like that. I always knew I could kind of sing, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't pursuing it. It was just fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I would just kind of sing along to these songs that were fun to sing to. So people like, you know, Mariah Carey and Kelly Clarkson and Carrie Underwood and, you know, Gary LaVox from Rascal Flats and Mm -hmm. people like that who were singing fun melodies that had a lot of soul to them were the songs that I found myself memorizing and wanting to sing along to. And, you know, some Beyonce songs. I sang a Beyonce song in one of my middle school talent show. Talent shows. <laughs> Which it was song? listen, <sighs> oh, listen. Such so fun. A
0: good song. Okay. Such a good song. Such a good song. That's that dream girl song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I
2: loved that song. Still do. And so like, that's kind of really what it was for me. It didn't have to do with the genre. It was like, Who's singing their ass off? And can I cuss on this? Yeah, yeah. singing you can. their butt off. You can
0: cuss. <laughs> I already dropped the F bomb once already, so there's no bleep. there's no one here to talk to about cousin. <laughs> Everyone asks that question. I forget to tell you that. Yeah, you can cuss as okay, much as you cool. want. So no, that's no I, that's 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 kinda how I gravitate to to the music I listen to as well, is yeah. Who can actually sing and not just, oh, what sounds good.
2: Mm. It's a combination it's, though, it's a com- which I've yeah. learned as I've you know been writing songs for almost 10 years now, like seriously, I, I think it's a, it's blending the two. It's having a lyric that people really care about and people really relate to and can feel Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and having a vocal performance that doesn't get in the way of that, but being able to have moments where you really sing. Right you know it's like being tasteful with it it's like the best guitar players aren't slaying solos the whole song you know they play the whole song but they're only really getting it for four to eight bars right so that's kind of how i look at vocal performance too right and i think a lot of things have changed with the trends like if you listen to mariah carey's records like she really is just singing her ass off the whole song and now I think people's tastes have shifted towards more things that they can catch on to more easily, yeah. more quickly. Um, but then having moments where I think of like Dan and Shay, where it's like their melodies of the chorus, it's, you can sing along to it. Right. But then you'll have moments where it's like, oh, shit, he can sing. <laughs> he can sing. <laughs> you know?
0: The boy can sing. Yeah, he can sing a little bit. I love Shay. So do I. I I ran into a sister the other day at uh, Winners.
2: But yeah, so that's kind of the influence for me is it's figuring out, you know, why do I love the songs that I love? And it's been a ton of different artists because I'm not just influenced by melodies and production and the sound of records, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's like a whole slew of artists that inspire me. But the other side of it is what are people singing about? What are the songs that I'm emotionally like, oh God, I feel that. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, Okay, how can I translate what's going on in my life and what I'm feeling into a song that people will relate to and understand and feel understood by hearing?
0: Hmm. So what's been your biggest challenge? Because you are a independent artist who has close to 75,000 followers on Instagram. (laughs) Let me repeat that one more time. Yes, repeat that. Let me repeat that one more time. Because I had to double check that before I said that. Okay. She has close to 75,000 followers on Instagram. And she is an
1: independent artist. Must be those morning jogs, huh?
3: (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh my gosh! So I'm very I, thankful for every one of them. Yeah, they're, all, they're like, all on the cool team. I, I, part and, of the squad. and it's crazy because
0: I'm like, I look at it, and you know how you you, you know you can look at people as like, oh, seventy five thousand. Yeah. And it's like, oh, but he's only getting he or she is only getting sixty likes or seventy likes or hundred likes, right. Or whatever. No, you were getting the likes and the engagement of everything. Like your fans, I think you already have your Beyonce squad.
3: Oh well, I
0: really do. Because I look at it and I'm like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, clearly social media has not been a struggle for you.
2: I mean, I majored in entrepreneurship at Vandy and I took some marketing classes and I really knew that in the new age of the music industry, where social media is such a huge teller of if people are connecting with you or not, um, it'd be important for me to be relevant on Mm -hmm. socials. I couldn't just be locked away in a studio recording music, writing music for the entire time I'm developing. Um, so I just, I started to kind of let people grow in this process with me and understand that, yeah, it's a work in progress. And every year the music's getting better. The lyrics are getting better. I'm learning, you know, how to, to better connect with my audiences at live shows. And it's, becoming more and more fun as i go too because the crowds are starting to know me and like it's it becomes more of a friendship with the fans than Mm -hmm. just like them seeing one thing every once in a while that's Mm. like an advertisement you know right like they're like they could probably consider themselves friends they see my my day-to-day life and they know when i'm going through something and i'm pretty honest on my socials you know it's not all I think that, I think that
0: I think that's what helps you out a whole lot is your honesty and the fact that you can show that you're that yes you are artist and you're kind of like in the spotlight in the limelight of everything but you're still a human being.
2: That's definitely one of the things I've learned being in Nashville and being surrounded by so many massive stars that are my friends now. It's right. like everyone's just a person, you know right. the the bottom line. Like they want to feel loved respected and understood just like every other person and like our songs for us like when we write for me it's a form of therapy like when i go through something i'm like i need to write this or i can't like that's the only way i can get it out Mm. and for other people who aren't songwriters sometimes they need to hear it they need to hear the lyrics said in a way that explains even to themselves sometimes, exactly how they're feeling. And they're like, God, that's, that's what I've been trying to figure out is like why I feel this way, and that's exactly it. And sometimes mm-hmm. how, how a fan will feel when they hear a lyric that they're like, that is it. So I think it works hand in hand. I mean, artists, we don't have a job without people who relate and listen right. to the music and want to buy tickets to shows and feel something when they watch us perform and listen to the songs. And they need music I mean I am another consumer of music. Right. We all need music to get us through everything in life. Whether it's, you know, warming up for a game or getting through a breakup or you know, you need music in the background of your tailgate. It doesn't matter what it is, but like you need songs for kind of everything in life, Or at least I do.
0: Right. I do for sure. Mhm. I mean, damn. It's
2: a big part of growing up and like I I'll remember exactly like specific moments in my life that Oh, like that was this song. Like this song was huge while we were on our, you know, high school friend group trip to Costa Rica. Because that was.
0: Do you have a breakup album? That you go. Well, a my single that you, a playlist that you go. No playlist that you go to. Let's do like if you went through a breakup. You know, because I do,
2: I've only been through one pretty bad breakup and it was a very long drawn out breakup. Mm. So it wasn't like, oh, I just mourned it for a month or two. It was kind of this weird, long thing. So I couldn't really listen to breakup music for like a year and a half. But <laughs> um, I think there's definitely a lot of songs that I've heard that I'm like, yep. Amen.
0: Yeah. The Rascal Flats, Me and My Gang album. <laughs> they got a couple sad. Songs no, but there, for real, God bless like, the broken Road. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's one of the songs uh, that I think about all the time, and I'm like, every single thing I'm going through.
0: Can you believe that sat on the shelf for ten years?
2: Ugh, that makes my stomach turn. Yes. <laughs> can you believe that?
0: That sat on the shelf for twelve for ten years before it was actually cut by Rascal Flatts.
2: <laughs>
1: it makes no sense. A lot of people leaving um, all these great songs. Just laying around, just lay, just laying just around, laying the fuck around, like.
2: Well, but think about it. If anybody else had delivered that, I who don't know it, would, be, it, have it be, would have done. Like yeah. it needed Gary's vocal on that and his right. emotion in it to to get to people like me. I mean, Because right. I was a kid listening so to that I. and was just like, oh my god. And now I still think about that song.
0: Right, it's such a good song. Such a good song. Classic. Oh God, it's such a classic. Yeah, yeah. classic. So, um, you are killing it with your streaming numbers.
2: Thank you. It's been crazy I'm going to tell you this. I don't know what's going on.
0: Like, I looked at this shit, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I just bleeped myself out. I don't even know (laughs) why I did that. (laughs) I don't know why I did that. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So, our current single, Trust You. Okay. Which is stuck in my head as we're talking, and I'm singing it in my head right now. Um, has 950,000 streams.
1: Wait a minute, you're independent?
0: She's an independent artist. I'm going to put this out there. She is an independent artist, okay? (laughs) There's no label attached to this. Her second, the other one, Priority, has 300,000 streams.
3: Mm.
0: She's independent, guys. She's independent. She's doing this independently.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Just killing this game.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm just praying that we get trust you to a million because that, that would be insane. Oh,
0: it's going to happen for the end of the year.
2: You know what I mean? Like 50k, like that's.
0: It's going to happen for the end of the year,
3: right?
2: It's so close to a million, and I, you know, like you, you can see the numbers. Like I've never had anything get that close, and it's we're we're there. You're there, and I'm I'm ready to release some new music too because. Go ahead. I know that people people have been listening to it, and they they need something to follow it up with, you know, right. like it's, it's one song. I don't have like a record out. I the, don't have a project out. So I need to, I need to get some more stuff out there for people to listen to after they listen to trust you 50,000 more times to get me to a million. I'm <laughs> just
1: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now throw, it out, there. throw it out
2: there. Manifest that shit. Hey. You got
0: to, you got to <laughs> shit. So when you, so basically, so what's coming out in the fall? Are, you, are is it a full EP or is it just, you're releasing singles again.
2: So it's kind of being recorded as like an EP. Okay. I have a bunch of songs that are going to be done, but I know that in today's day and age, the streaming platforms prefer single releases Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe two singles at once, but it's, it's kind of like giving people like smaller doses so they can really like latch onto a song, love it, share it, live with it and then have something else to latch onto love a song
0: I think the industry is moving away from albums like completely i i think in like yeah. 5 or 10 years like an album would be kind of i don't want to say worthless but like it wouldn't really have the power or the or the streaming power or even the sales power that it had, that it would have
2: I don't know or before. if you have a fan base yeah putting out an album i mean i'm recording it as an album because these songs are all from a part of my life that feels cohesive you know Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. that's what i think an album is more so than it is like someone buying 12 songs at once rather than buying one or two or four or whatever right i think it it has to do with the collection of of emotion in that work um and so i think when an artist that has a big following puts out an album they really are putting out like look this is my chapter in my life right now and i know the the singles thing it's kind of like an attention span
3: Uh gimmick Uh i
2: think it is because even as a listener i'm like okay they put this out so we can binge listen to this single as much as we can because we want something more so bad and then we're ready for the next single. So, right. like, we want it so bad. But you
0: won't release for another three, four months.
2: No, singles are coming out quicker than that.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
1: singles, I mean,
2: the way I've seen it, a lot of people are doing, like, four to six weeks. Drop it. Drop it. Like, Taylor Swift just dropped four singles before the album's coming out. And they were all, like, you know, six weeks apart, four weeks apart, right. stuff like right. that. So, I think it's it's doing that, but then having the body of work still to... to Release once the singles come out mm-hmm. that as a listener as a fan that's what I enjoy like I love when like when I got to listen to Post Malone's whole album you know mm. my six mile runs mm. I would just loop that album and listen to the whole thing front to back I mean there's like 17 songs on it
0: I might run six miles to Eminem
2: oh yeah I could run forever to Eminem. Uh, yeah. That stuff's it, like motivation. I, I can, yeah, I can,
0: it, I can lift Eminem. I think like I'm chasing. But... I'm
2: like running from him though. He's like yelling at me. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll keep running. Keep
0: Y'all see what I'm talking about? Somebody, yes. somebody get yes. after yes. your ass. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, put Eminem in that damn air. Some Eminem in there.
2: Yeah.
0: Losers, no, I'm just kidding. Um,
2: <laughs> I love Eminem. Yeah. I love
0: Eminem. Have you seen him live?
2: No, I have. You know, it's weird growing up. I didn't i was so involved in athletics that i was always booked like i played stuff every season so i had stuff every weekend every you know we had games twice a week we had stuff every weekend we had practice every day like i didn't get to go to very many live music concerts
1: who was your first concert
2: my first concert was journey
1: Ooh, that, hey, that's a good one. That's a My good one. My parents are huge Damn. Journey
2: fans. Their wedding song is "Faithfully." Really? Yeah.
1: Ooh, no, you're
0: fine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> photographer is getting emotional. Photographer got emotional on that one. I know he fell backwards. I know? <laughs> <laughs> you never hear a photographer
0: <laughs> talk on that one. That was- <laughs>
2: I love that. Oh, my gosh. It's a song worthy it's of you so, jumping it's in so there. It's so worthy. It's so good, yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, Journey was my first concert my family.
1: But, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, you say you was an athlete, and you sit here getting preparing for these games and stuff, but you was in the locker room probably listening to oh, God yeah. knows what.
2: Making our warm-up CDs and our walk-out CDs. Yeah. Oh, that was the best part of the season. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Oh. So, what
0: sports you play? You played volleyball. What sports did you Volleyball's
2: play? Volleyball is my – favorite um i ran track cross country played basketball for a very long time i played soccer for like nine years um i played tennis for one season in middle school (laughs) like just to say i did five school sports that year like it was a it was a life of i can see you playing
0: basketball oh i played basketball if you ever if you ever meet her i i feel short standing next to her
1: because yeah. she's tall. She's tall,
2: yeah. Yeah, I've, I'm 5'9", and I've always wished I could get to 5'11", because if I was 5'11", you know how sad. Are you really 5'9"? The
0: oh, then I'm not tall. I'm not sure, then. No, I'm be. 5'10". Mm-hmm. It feels like you're taller. Well, you always wear heels every time I see I you.
2: I do. I wear boots a lot. Oh,
0: okay. That's I'm why. I'm wearing
2: some flat flip-flops right that, now, though. That ele- okay. Later, like, that okay.
1: elevation. That elevation mm-hmm. helps out. She's looking down at you like, yeah. You know, I know. what
2: I love? <laughs> I'm on this kick right now of, like, the sneakers and Air Force Ones and all that, but uh-huh. I love the ones that have like the oh, hidden heel that you uh, can't see. I wear those on stage all the time. I love those. Mm-hmm. I've got them in like every color. Mm. That's not true, but I've got them in like four colors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not balling like that yet. And we got like to get yeah. to a million streams, yeah. and I'll get some more colors. Hey, you got four pairs? You doing our height? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're four pairs of not. Air force One, ones I oh like that. My They're God. like I've got a pair of like I mean I bought these somewhere in the mall or something like that. I've got some some white ones. They're like heeled sneakers, some two different pairs of black ones. One's like got like a gold accent to it. I've got some camo ones. Yes. Those are sick. They're <laughs> super cool. Literally camouflage. I feel like camo's sneakers back Sneakers with heels.
1: Camo's like camo back in. Camo never left. That's true. never left. Never.
2: Camo will live forever.
1: But you talking about all these shoes and everything? You know what you need? You need a sneaker endorsement. That's Tell what you need. Tell me about it.
2: Speak that into reality.
1: Manifest that shit. <laughs> yeah. And then when you get when
0: you get Air Force Ones, you know, endorsement, make sure you go ahead and send me a pair. Yeah, yeah. I
2: only have one pair of Air Force Ones, and they're from my ex-boyfriend. So I really need some different <laughs> ones. <laughs>
0: I don't have any pair of Air Force Ones.
3: <laughs> the sneakers
0: I have are Under Armour. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they meant
0: for the gym, hey, and that's Armour's it. Under Armour not bad, though. Under Armour is great. Yeah. You know, They're very actually, comfortable.
2: You know, one of the other brands that I'm kind of working with right now is Mizuno. Mm. Um, I'm going to do – I'm really excited about this, so hopefully I'm not jinxing it by talking about it. But we're planning right now. This is in the works. Nothing is written in stone. But I want to tour volleyball tournaments. I grew up playing in these tournaments, and y'all don't understand that, like, some of these convention center tournaments have – Eighty to 100,000 people in attendance. I mean, there's a ton of teams. Really? Parents, family members. Yeah. You've got, like, the entire convention centers are packed of people. These tournaments are no joke. And it's club volleyball. And I, I want to tour some of these tournaments and go perform. It's my exact, you know, market demographic. Like, these girls I understand, I relate to, I'm one of them. And I can sing an anthem in the morning, put on a show, you know, during the day. And then also like get to watch a bunch of volleyball games, hopefully pepper with some girls, hang out. And like, yeah, I started this movement called women's sports social that I'm promoting women's athletics and really helping, um, spread the word. Cause I think it's, it's helped me so much and I've actually, um, I don't know if y'all know this, but Brittany Spears was port guard of her basketball team. Ellen DeGeneres was amazing at tennis. Gigi Hadid was captain of her volleyball team. There's an entire slew of incredibly passionate, successful, influential women that played sports growing up that people don't focus on or notice. But everyone knows that, you know, Obama played basketball and right. Chase Rice played football and Brett Young played baseball and they talk about Sam Hunt played football. They keep that in their bio. Right. That's part of their, their life. Right of women don't do the same thing for some reason but it's such a huge part of their lives and what I believe taught them the skill sets that got them to be successful wherever they are in life if it's acting or hosting television shows or being a model or being a musician or whatever it is some people are you know CEOs of companies now and it's like what are the skill sets that you learned that helped you get there that athletics taught you and so anyway women sports social I feature a lot of these different women and talk about what sports mean to us and how it helped us get to where we are and uh, one of the things i've been doing over the last year is stopping in at different women's athletics departments around the country when i have shows Mm -hmm. and performing exclusively for the women's athletics department so all the teams and coaches and stuff like that and talking to them about how important it is that they you know not only talk about how important sports are to them now but continue preaching about it as they grow up to to young girls who are following them and listening to them in whatever else they do in life. And it's been really fun because this is a group of girls that, I mean, these are the people that I feel like I relate to the most because that's what I spent my whole life doing. Mm -hmm. I grew up around all these girls. So when I walk into these locker rooms and I pop into, you know, sing for the tournament, but then I get to hang out with all the girls before or after at the receptions or whatever, some of the pro teams too. It's just, I feel like I'm with a group that I already know, even though I don't know them. Because right, I'm right. like, look, I know your life. I know what you're doing. right. And And I get what you're going through and what you've gone through. And I understand how hard you work and how awesome you are for doing everything you've done. And it's just, it's a group that I hope to grow exponentially. And like, as I get bigger and have bigger concerts, I want to have it be a thing where like, I give free tickets to all the soccer teams in the area and all the volleyball teams and all the basketball teams and like for women just to right. promote women's athletics cuz I think it's so important and influential in helping women with confidence, hmm. learning work ethic, how to work as a team, how to handle constructive criticism, how to perform under pressure. I mean there's a million other things and I'm like I get super passionate about it sorry i just ran it no, for like 30 that's minutes <laughs> all right.
1: no but that's good though but, that, that yeah. shows how involved that you are in this and how much you want this to work
2: i do i really do so i'm hoping that we can get there on all this and right now one of the things i'm doing i'm putting on a songwriter series called now you know music i was Row. going to bring
0: that up next too mm. it's on right rock bottom i was just there
2: i'm doing it tonight are you doing it tonight? I have one tonight but we're raising money for the Boys and Girls Club in Middle Tennessee, mm-hmm. and they have 4,000 kids in these programs. But I've talked with the, the board members of this club, and I've made it understood, look, I want this to go towards the athletic involvement. So I want to buy equipment. like right. I want all of this money to go towards actually trainers and equipment and facilities together that these kids can use to be involved in athletics. Because I think it's so important for boys and girls, right. you know? And so for these kids growing up, I want them to have the access to that. that yeah, you you can... know, because these kids that are in these clubs might not have parents that can drive them to practice every That's day of true. the week. That's or true. they might not have the money to join a club team or anything like that. So anything that I can put in the boys and girls clubs that right. helps them get similar to an experience of, of being on a, a real team and having coaches and all that, like, I'm going to try.
0: What may, so that's what made you start, I was going to say what my question was going to be, what made you start the series?
2: It was a combo of, you know, that's the charity element of it, but the other side of it, Now You Know Music Row features lots of hit songwriters that don't get the attention I think they deserve. Like a million of the people that have been on my lineup, so many of these writers have number one hit songs and people don't know their names. And you know what? A lot of them don't want people to know their names and that's fine because they love their, their simple private life right, and they I cash know, yeah. in on their mailbox money when that royalty comes in, which is cool, do your thing. Yeah. But my favorite part about it is listening to the real behind-the-scenes stories of how this song, like we were talking about the Rascal Flat song earlier mm-hmm. and how um, that song sat on the shelf for 10 years. It's hearing stories like that of like your favorite song, this hit number one that millions of people have loved and danced at their weddings to and you know whatever it is that they've shaped their life around this song how did it come into existence where'd the idea come from who'd you write it with where were you how did you actually get it to the management team or the actual artist themselves who cut it how did it get because a lot of these people are like oh well it was meant for this artist and then last minute this movie wanted it and we had to get this person to cut it and we could we were calling whoever we could get in the studio that day and then it became Trisha Yearwood's biggest number one I mean it's stuff like that where you hear these stories and you're like that's crazy
3: yep yeah
2: and I, I mean as a listener like I haven't written a number one hit yet I'm a fan I'm listening to these people tell their stories and I just get the best seat in the house sitting up here hosting it saying tell that's, us all that's how
0: we feel when we have guests
2: yeah. <laughs> exactly how we feel. it's really yep. fun yeah like I enjoy it I, I I really love doing it and hearing the The stories, and then they obviously perform the songs, so we get to listen to to the music and hear the behind the scenes, and it makes the song feel so much bigger than just a three or four minute.
0: That's how it was when uh, when uh, Garth Brooks recorded "To Make You Feel My Love," Mm. Mm. and Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan's one who wrote it and wrote the demo and recorded originally, Mm. and he gets he gets he gets to like the demo tape. And he's like, uh, where's the lyrics to this shit? Because can't understand a damn word he's saying. <laughs> That's
2: <laughs> he was, amazing. He was
0: doing mumble rap before mumble rap was <laughs> Exactly. <there. laughs>
2: That's so funny. So
0: you're signed with, my voice just cracked. It's like, my voice has been cracking all damn day. It's, it's allergies, man, I'm telling you.
2: Before, I don't know. Which bio you read, but I actually just signed to a new management company. Oh. And it's funny that you bring it up I right kno- now. I know. <laughs> because do you know who it is? Yeah.
0: Is it, is it, is who, it is who I think it is?
2: Bob Doyle? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I knew you were segwaying. Look at you. Oh, my gosh. I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. So for those of you who don't know who the hell Bob Doyle is...
2: He's the GOAT. He's the GOAT.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he manages the biggest artist of all time, Garth Brooks. <laughs> he does.
2: From the start, from, from the day one. From the start
0: till now, he still manages Garth Brooks. Um, and that is now who's your management team. So, how I am did, so how did that come about? Because I'd never known them to manage anyone else besides Garth.
2: They had they managed the band Perry as well.
0: Oh, they do. They did. Oh, they did. And okay. the band
2: Perry went uh, so they all the country records that band Perry put out were through or with Bob Doyle and Associates. And then band Perry went pop and moved to L.A. And you know Bob Doyle and Associates are more on the, in the country field, which mm-hmm. is obviously where I am. So I think I'm. I don't know for a fact if I'm the only other one, but I know I, I'm with them now. Right. And. um and it's been incredible.
1: Yeah, it's a good team to have, sure. It's been
2: incredible. Like, I, whatever, they have connections, cool. They've done a lot of stuff. These people are good people. They are family-oriented, like, wholesome, and just genuinely care about not just dollar signs, but, like, my well-being. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I've only been working with them for probably three months now, and we were meeting a few, like, a couple months maybe before that. And I just feel like it's part of the family, you know, they're just really great folks, the whole team. We've got Bob Doyle, Mike Doyle, Andy Friday, Kate Snyder, and they're all involved and doing stuff all the time and just, you know, coming to my shows and promoting things I'm putting out and helping me talk through things I need to think about and...
0: I need to meet Kate because Kate, me and her have been e- been emailing.
1: Oh yeah, you. y'all been
2: emailing. Who's so Kate?
1: Yeah, Kate Snyder. Yeah, me and Kate go way back. Oh, you know
2: Kate? I know
1: Kate's. Kate. Kate used to work over at um, work at me work with me at Sony when she was working. I want to say in Arista.
2: Wow. Yeah. yeah she was there. That's yeah. crazy.
1: Yeah, me and Kate go way back.
2: Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, what I up, need to meet What Kate's. up, Kate? Hey, Kate. Up. Shout out. <laughs> shout out.
1: Shout out. Uh,
0: uh we're getting more cigars. We're getting more cigars. More
2: cigar load up.
0: Getting more cigars. You know, oh. I've, I've smoked uh, yeah. a couple
2: cigars in my life. I uh, smoked yeah. some cigars in Cuba.
0: Ooh. I'm jealous.
2: And I smoked some cigars um, with my dad for the 4th of July.
0: So my my friend was supposed to bring you back a cigar from the DR. Okay. Randy, our old photographer, Randy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you thank you next him because he didn't bring you cigars, didn't you?
0: Well... He he said he he actually bought the cigar. Oh, okay. He bought the cigar. And we're sitting there and I'm like, "Hey, I'm at his house. I think it was at his house one time. I'm like, "Hey, so where's my cigar that you bought me?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, I smoked that."
2: Oh my god.
0: <laughs> I'm like, what? he goes, that, that didn't even make it across the border." He was like, "He smoked it. he bought it and smoked it there."
2: That's what happens. He was probably drinking a lot of rum yeah. too, so. <laughs>
0: he needed something you know? to go with it. Well, he was at well, like, he was What's at this, this? R- I'll he have was at this cigar. resort. He was he was at this resort where when you walked in, they asked you what, what kind of bottle of liquor you want for your room. What kind of resort is that? Uh, some resort in DR. Resort I need to go. right? Oh, right? And so when they, by the time they went to the pool and came back, by the time they came back, there was like three, four bottles of Jack Daniels in the hotel room.
2: Whoa.
0: So I'm like, please Whoa. tell me that you didn't drink all of it.
2: <laughs> it was
0: more than one person in the room with it. He's like, yeah, we drink all of it.
2: Oh, God. That sounds like a yeah. bad morning. That's yeah. a bad,
0: that's a bad morning, night and afternoon for me. Man, okay. That's, and I love Jack Daniels. <laughs>
2: that's bad.
0: I love it. But th- I'm I'm smoking this uh the Sweet Jane. The Sweet Jane. It's called
1: Sweet Jane. Okay. Is she sweet? She's sweet. I heard she was a part of the the the, the Deadwood. No, but I heard she was part of this group. There's a group of cigars like they call the three bitches. Yes okay she bought it once. she's part she's part of the one
2: three yeah three cigars they no only all make... have female names yeah so i'm dead
0: okay. yeah <laughs> yeah they only have three yeah and um it's very it's actually very sweet like it yours smells good but mine like yeah. tastes good
1: uh okay i don't know how your taste how does yours taste man mine tastes amazing it's this uh acid 20. Mm. and i never had it before first of all when i pulled it out the wrapper this thing smelled amazing i'm just like i'm like you yeah, i'm like yeah smell good what's gonna taste like you know <laughs> okay so i have a favor
2: uh-huh so since i didn't cash in and smoke my cigar yeah can i have my cigars to yeah. to my dad
0: we'll get one for you yeah
2: because my dad would love if i just mailed him a cigar he'd be like we'll Aw. get one yeah okay
0: cool We'll get one. You can cash in on it. That's not a problem. No no worries. We'll get Danny or, or, well, Larry just walked out. Larry's gone for the day. But we'll get Danny to get you one. Larry was cool. Larry was cool. He was good vibes. I like Mm -hmm. Larry. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get Larry to get you one. Danny, that's not a problem. See, you come here, you get a cigar. I got an asset 20. Yeah, you're going to like it, dude. You can add it to the four or five that I have at home that I came and bought the other day. See, I have a bad habit of cigars. (laughs) Okay. It's like crack cocaine for me. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, just kidding. That's kind of strong. That's that's real strong, man. I'm that's say. real strong, right? Do we need to have a
1: little talk yeah. afterwards?
0: Yeah, no, we might, have, we might have to have an eviction, an eviction on that one. Oh shit. <laughs> anyway, so now, okay, so you're with Bob Doyle, the Goat. Amazing. How did you how So you're but you're signed to CAA, aren't you?
2: I'm also a CAA. Blake McDaniel's my agent. He's so Blake McDaniel.
0: Let me tell you about Blake McDaniel. Blake McDaniel. Is my mentor in the industry.
2: He's incredible.
0: Whenever I have a question, or I'm getting ready to do something that probably not, probably I shouldn't do or whatever, I call Blake McDaniel.
2: You and me both.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Blake McDaniel is one smart motherfucker.
2: Not only is he smart, but he just gives a shit like yeah. he really cares yeah. and he is the kind of person who's going to tell you straight up like he's not going to sugarcoat anything but he's also going to like say it with the most loving mm-hmm. caring intention like you've ever right like he he'll get feisty and like really be passionate about what he's saying and it's and you know like he's telling his truth with whatever you're hearing from him yep. it's, it's like he has it's,
0: a birthday coming up sooner
2: hmm
0: yeah I gotta take about for lunch
2: we should all go to lunch.
0: We should all go to lunch. We'll have to schedule it. I'll, I'll email. Yeah, him get that situated. Um. So, um, how did that come about? How did like how did so how did he how did you sign with Blake McDaniel at CAA? How, how did that come about?
2: Blake saw me perform at CMA Fest a few years ago. I've been with CAA for four years. Right. Um. So I guess right before that, he saw me play at CMA Fest and. I remember I was playing inside. What do they call it? The fan fest. The Br- CMA fan fest. The Bristol Arena,
0: or, or, or at, the at one in, in the Convention fanfare. Center. Fan fair. Sorry. Yeah. Why
2: am I blanking on that? I, I go to every it year. Because they, they changed <laughs> the
0: damn name so many times.
2: Yeah. So that's where he saw me perform, and it was the coolest writers round. Um, and after that, I remember there was this. Oh my gosh, this was such a funny show. Like. For a stint, I was—I always wanted to wear my GoPro so mm-hmm. that I could like capture the crowd's reactions being awesome, right? And then I didn't want to put the GoPro on my head and look like an idiot, so <laughs> I like put a hat on, and I'd put the GoPro on the hat so it looked like slightly less conspicuous. And um, and I just remember during one of these like songs, the whole crowd was just going crazy. And, like, I hit some note, and they all, like, started yelling and stuff like that. And, like, Blake came up right after that set That's and was like, awesome. we need to talk. And and I, like, I remember it so vividly. And my mom was in town. So, he met my mom, and, like, he brought me around. We met a bunch of CAA people at CMA Fest. We went to some, like, BMI backstage thing after that. And he introduced my mom and myself to a bunch of different people. And um, they told me this after the fact, but apparently – that week, um, John Huey at CIA mm-hmm. sent out an email and was like, Hey, like, you know, who who knows this Julia Cole girl? We've like heard a little bit about her and he said that like everybody in the office like responded back to him saying, like, Oh, I know her, I know her, I know her, I know her. I didn't even realize I was already friends with so many people who worked there from different things. Like they were just homies. Wow. I didn't like we weren't talking about work ever. Right. And um, but Blake was the one who like brought me to the the table and was like, no, we need to sign this girl. And you know, some of the other agencies started to try to sign me after they after heard it. CAA was mm-hmm. looking, but it was kind of like, I remember when I first walked through that office, I just, I really did feel like I already knew. I walked around and I was like, hey, hey, like I really did know a bunch of people already, not knowing they even worked there. I
0: think the first time I met you was at CMA Fest and <laughs> it was at the BMI tent. And Blake Blake McDaniel had introduced me to her.
2: Do you realize that that's the exact day I'm talking about? Is it really? Yeah. Oh, damn. That's the day that Blake heard me that I think I got signed. That's the CMA fest.
0: that's the day I met you. That's crazy. So, Kenya, you you did not introduce me to her. Blake McDaniel did.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
2: And Kenya was there. Kenyon was there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because I remember him talking about how he, yeah. how he was going to get you on like a college tour and get you like to the colleges and things like that. I remember, all, I remember the conversation. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I had just missed your performance. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, I wonder if she's like, if she must be good if Blake is talking to her. And I'm like, oh, okay. Here we are. What was it four, four, four or five years later?
2: That's crazy. That show was cool, too. It was with Dina Carter. Yeah. And Ooh. so I got to sing Strawberry Wine with Dina Carter. Mm. I, I was like crying. <laughs> I bet your mom was crying. Oh, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> crying. Danae Cole was crying. <laughs> she was boohooing out there. <laughs> the Louisiana crocodile tears, for sure.
0: <laughs> so, um, I'm going to wrap here up in a bit here. Um, what's been the hardest challenge for you? You're an independent artist. Everything looks like, you. if you look at your social media, you look at, you know, and your numbers and things like that, everything looks like it's been going well. But we all know that before things go well, things gotta go bad. Oh, yeah. So what was the hardest thing you, you, and I'm sure things still go bad sometimes, but you get through it. Yeah. But what's been the hardest things you've dealt with as an independent artist and as a female in country music?
2: I think as a whole, this is probably something that I'm gonna have to deal with for my entirety of my music career because Mm -hmm. this is just kind of how companies are. And, you know, I really pray and hope that this isn't something that keeps going, but there are a lot of job changes and Mm -hmm. people who are part of your team and that you grow to love and trust and really put everything into and then they're gone. And some of them it's because of job changes, but the biggest and hardest one for me was my first publisher in town. The first person who believed in me put together my first record, my first EP, you know, taught me how to really write a song, introduced me to Joni Williams at BMI, and and was in all those photos, my signing photos with CAA. She's in all these photos. It was Laurie White. And, I mean, she's my Nashville mom. Like, I lived with her for two summers when I didn't have housing in between college semesters. And, just, uh, she, she is, you know, was family. And, in 2017, in September, I remember at the, like, at the end of September, we had just, like, played a writer's round at the Bluebird. And she was great, fine, like, peppy. Everything was awesome. It was called Wild Women in the Round. We were having the best time. I was drinking tequila. Like, she's why I drink tequila. <laughs> she's the one who told me, like, the tequila's the best alcohol for you. It's an upper. Like, it's the best. It's, so, like, natural agave. She's why I drink tequila. And, um... From September the next month, she told me that she had been diagnosed with cancer and she died in January.
1: Oh, wow. Oh Wow. That's crazy. Wow.
2: So not only was that obviously so hard, um, losing someone I love, but she was also my team, right. like my main team member. Right. And so, you know, 2018, when she died January 2018, it just kind of got, the whole year was just Really weird, I mean, I split with my old management, and like I went from like having this whole team to then being completely independent, except me, you know, I still was with c a a but that was you know one of the the switches, obviously the worst and hardest one, and you know I think about it every day right, every single day, but aside from that one, there have also been so many other just team member changes. When I first signed with my old management team, I remember the week I signed, I had you know, one day-to-day manager was part of the team and it was a two-person team. And then in the time I was with them, there were three different day-to-day managers. So like, and they were very integral parts of the team. So like they were in everything I was doing. So I had to like relearn and re-get used to and re-explain who I am to three different people who are supposed to know everything about you. And then, you know, when I first signed with CIA, I had two people who were my head RAs mm-hmm. and one of them got let go from CAA in the first six months I was there um so that was one of my team members gone and um so publishing management agency and then BMI my first rep at BMI who was so incredible and so helpful ended up getting let go from BMI about a year and a half after I was working with him and he was the best. And then since then I just was kind of bouncing around from person to person. Like who's your actual point person here? Cause I knew everyone already at that point. Cause right. I had a point person and was just friends with everybody else. And then it's still kind of like that, you know, it's right. So it's, it's stuff like that where I think it's different when you have a major label behind you. People are always like, jumping on board to try to be a part of the team as hard as they can, as quickly as they can. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you're independent and you're putting this stuff together by yourself, it's like, you know, it's it's hard to keep a team consistent. And you can't do this alone. You have to have the support mm-hmm. of a team. And it takes a village to get any sort of success, much less a number one.
0: And it's even better when the village is consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen to that shit. When it's, con- when it's consistent. Yeah.
2: So I'm yeah. praying that... The team that I have right now sticks, and that everything. Goes yeah, I that don't way. think
0: I've ever heard of any turnover rate with uh with Bob Doyle's yeah. team management team. No. <laughs>
2: well, I I sure hope so. I mean, I I genuinely I love the people that I'm working with right now, and I people have asked me before like, oh, how do you define success, or what do you think? And I'm like, if I'm working every day with people that I genuinely love, and I'm doing a job that I love, and I'm paying the bills that way, like I'm surviving. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's success. And right now, the people that I'm working with, I genuinely think are great people. You know, I'm not like I haven't had to sacrifice my morals to suck up to somebody who was an asshole because I needed their help. Like it hasn't like I've had people that are genuinely great people that I get to work with. And I think that's definitely it's super important to me. And it's really Right. Kind of going well right now, so right. hopefully you can keep that good, keep that train <laughs> running, you know.
0: And one last thing before we go, what's any what's the best advice you can give to an an independent artist?
2: Laurie White gave me this advice. Uh, she said, "There are no bad decisions or wrong decisions. There are the decisions you make and the, how you handle them." And this this was a conversation that we had when I was talking about different managers because when I first saw my first management company I had a bunch of different managers I was talking to and she was like helping me kind of sort through you know Mm -hmm. who I was going to go with that way and also talking about the different agencies that I was talking about signing to and I was like oh my god what if I make the wrong decision and and she was so right and you have to think this way otherwise you're going to constantly be paranoid about every decision you ever make especially as an independent artist where it's up to you I mean there's no one telling you what to do like you have to do it. And, um, and so just knowing, like, just make the decision that feels right then. And if you find Mm -hmm. out in six months that you need to make another decision to change something, Mm -hmm. that's that, that's another decision, but make your decisions and know that at the time that was your, that was your best decision. That was what you had to do at that time and move on that way. And I think when it comes for an independent artist, Picking what single that's coming out, picking what distribution company you want to use, picking your album art, picking anything like, do you want to be on tour or do you want to be in Nashville working in the studio? All these decisions that you have to make, just go with your gut and don't constantly second guess yourself. Cause that doesn't help. And it doesn't matter if you aren't sure. Cause guess what? You made a decision and you have to deal with it. So that's definitely how I look at things. And that was that's Laurie White's advice that I'm going to piggyback wow. on. All
3: right.
0: All right. All right, and Laurie Wright. Laurie Wright. All right. Well, thank you for
2: coming. Thank this you for been, having this me. This has been fantastic. So fun. Happy been, birthday. Yeah. Happy thank birthday. Thank you. Thank y'all. I Celebrate appreciate it. it. Celebrate heart. Cheers. cheers to y'all. Cheers. Cheers. Where cheers. Are you at? Here we yep. are. Oh, cheers. Long, long distance.
0: Cheers. Cheers. Y'all yeah, didn't already drank y'all, so I'm a motherfucker, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> y- y'all hear that last set? Yeah, right? <laughs> It's gone. We done? Y'all.
1: It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> <For> another
0: <laughs> episode of Smoking Section Podcast. This is another one. Here at Casa de Monte Cristo. Casa de
1: Monte
0: Cristo. Follow us on Instagram. Yes. I'm my DJ Cog. Smoking, Smoking and Section Podcast. And, and another one. And another one. And another one. And another and one. Another Follow one. Julia Cole. Follow her. Look Hit her up. Hit me on the gram. Hit her on the gram.
2: Julia Cole Music. I really do, do respond to everybody. She so really does, me. which is really crazy. Uh oh, I'm gonna slide in her DM. You
0: slide in the DMs. Oh, you
2: won't be the first and you won't be the last.
0: Ah, I'm going to leave that one alone on that note. <laughs>
2: <laughs> on
0: that note, it's been great. Yes. See y'all That's later. The tequila
2: talking. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>